welcome to the recap. When we discuss the previous week's sermon here at Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Campus recap, or I'm going to think of this one on the fly, regurgitating extreme chunks appropriately about preaching. That would be two A's. R-E-C-A-A-P. Recap. Hi, Dave. Hey. You're busy typing away on your phone. Not really ready for this yet, are you? I'm ready. Sure you are. Always ready. Dave, I'm going to take the part of a hostile interviewer here. (laughs) Good. Um, I was in your service on Sunday, Pastor Dave, and listening to your sermon where you made excuses for Abram Mm. as he gave up his wife Mm. to Pharaoh to be Mm. part of Pharaoh's harem. Why did you make excuses for Abram, Dave? Well, I'm happy to talk to you, hostile person. It's As very always. pastoral of you, Dave. What what excuses are you thinking that I made? I'd like to be clear on what you're accusing me of before well, I respond. Well, it seemed that you normalized his whacked out behavior by saying this would have been a normal tactic in that day to uh, pass his wife off as mm. his sister and, you know... Negotiate, negotiate, negotiate. Uh, but later in chapter 20, Dave, seems like he goes even farther. He's just like, you know, however many years later, Abram hasn't changed. So, Dave, uh, go ahead and go ahead and convince me of your bad take. Go ahead. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, yeah, I, 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 I want to give you the opportunity. Yeah, I hope words. I hope I, I hope I didn't come across as making excuses for him. Um I think what was interesting to me as I was studying it is that because we, we being those who have heard the Abraham story a hundred times, you know, we see Abraham did this thing and then Abraham just gave his wife to Pharaoh. And, uh, and that, that is, a that would be a horrible thing to do. Um, and I think in many ways, uh, uh, it's how, I viewed it for a long time, and so I wasn't making excuses. What I was saying is I think that sometimes uh, the the more horrible thing than just him treating his wife so poorly was that he didn't trust God. And so I I don't think Abraham probably at that moment willingly walked his wife into Pharaoh's chambers. I think that what happened is uh, he thought he had this plan, right? I, well, I'm the brother. I, I'm I am the husband, but I'm gonna pretend I'm the brother because I'm kind of a half brother. I'm gonna figure this thing out on my own, and therefore, when I walk into this foreign land, rather than just kill me because they really want my beautiful wife, they'll be a little bit more patient because they'll want to negotiate with the brother because that's kind of standard practice. And unfortunately for him, in his distrust of God, his distrust of God's promises his falling back into kind of his own scheming and planning rather than listening and obeying and trusting and resting in God, it really got out of control on him. And so I don't have a picture of Abram kind of then going, well, yeah, I'm, I'm fine if Pharaoh comes and takes her. I have a, I have a picture of Pharaoh uh, hearing from his princes about this woman and going, oh, well, is she married? Oh, she, she's not. Well, then I'm going to take her. And going and taking her probably without much, probably not a lot that Abram could have physically done at that point. We don't know what happened. We don't know how she was taken, but we know she ended up there. 
And so actually, uh, the point I was trying to make is it's probably a more subtle, less heinous sin than we initially might think. He's just giving his wife over to Pharaoh. But it's just as serious in that he's distrusting God. And like all of our sin, when we don't trust God and we try to figure it out on our own and do it our own way, it oftentimes snowballs to a place of disaster. Yeah, it's kind of schemy, much like uh, another patriarch that we're going to encounter later in Genesis. It's a lot of scheming um, in Genesis. Yeah. And to your point, he does do something similar later, yeah. which means that he he hasn't grown as much as we all hope that we would grow in our yeah. lives, even though it's it, the circumstances are a little different, but not much. Right. So you've got Pharaoh in chapter 12, leader of the Egyptians, Abimelech, chapter 20, leader of the Philistines. And in these narratives, both Pharaoh and Abimelech are presented as threats. That's right. But unwitting threats right. to what's happening. Because when they find out who Sarah really is, they flip out and repent. They like yeah. turn away like, no, 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 no. We're not going to take another man's wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, even like uh, God in a dream in chapter 20 says, you've taken another man's wife. This is mm-hmm. why we're going to, you're going to be cursed. Um, and what's really just wild to me, you pointed out. Uh, in the sermon, is that at the end of both stories, <laughs> Abraham, the schemer, the sinner, like gets blessed. Yeah. And the people that were unwittingly cursing him mm-hmm. go from being cursed to being blessed when they yeah. send him. That's not the way that non Jewish right. peoples are typically portrayed after the book of Genesis. Yep. Um, you get these, you know, the Philistines are the arch rivals yep. of Israel yep. later in the biblical narrative. Egypt becomes this long-standing picture for a nation that turns away from God. Yep. And yet we're seeing in Genesis, that's not the only category in the Bible for people that are not that are outside of Abraham's line. Mm-hmm. Uh, God has this pretty varied way, and yet it's consistent those that bless you, I will bless. Mm-hmm. Those that curse you, I will curse. It's, it is interesting when you think of this Pharaoh, the plagues come, and almost immediately he says, hey, leave Egypt with all the stuff. Yeah. And the story later in Exodus, right? Yeah. It's like plague after plague yeah. after plague, yeah. and he doesn't let them go yeah. until it gets, it gets a lot more personal for him. So Dave, hostile hat on again. Did it ever happen to you? Where you just came home when you were a kid and your parents mm-hmm. were like, let's hit the beach, y'all. And you were floored, blown away. That doesn't seem like a realistic illustration, Dave. Yeah, it might not have been a realistic okay. illustration. Did that ever happen to you growing up? I don't think we ever moved like the next day. Yeah, my, it, was, my, it wasn't vacation. It yeah. was move. Yeah, yeah. we, uh, I mean, my kids, my, my, my kids might think it's happened to them. I think we've lived in nine or 10 different places in the last, since we've been married. So sorry, Zuliger kids. Yeah. So they might, that might've been a little, uh, triggering for them or something. No, I I mean, it was, you did land at like the promised land, Frank, Frank Lloyd, Wright, You know, (laughs) in in Farmington, basically. (laughs) That's right. As, as promised land as Farmington gets, we love Farmington. We've been there. We're settling in, but I, yeah, I mean, it was kind of an extreme analogy on purpose. Um, you know, I did wonder as I was preparing the sermon, you know, how uh, how much we take for granted just our relative comfort and settledness where we live. 
Because I wonder if that analogy would be much more realistic in, you know, other parts of the world where they just don't have what we have. They don't have the stability or the resources we have. But I think for us here, it was a pretty extreme analogy, hostile witness person. Yeah. Um, Anything else where you're like, man, I wish I would have been able to. Oh, sorry. I need to be more hostile here. So is there anything else, Dave, (laughs) that had you have more time, my valuable, precious time that you took? Yeah. On Sunday. Fair enough. That you would have preferred to have like expanded your sermon in any direction. Well, not that a, I wouldn't have fallen asleep. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I mean, I, I did say to a few people that, you know, there's a few different times in Genesis where I get to a passage and I go, man, maybe we just should have really slowed down here. You know, you could have camped out on verses one to three for a whole sermon. Um, and it's kind of a it's kind of a choice that you're making, you know, do you slow down and go really slow to kind of pick apart everything? Or do you kind of try to keep going fast enough so that it all fits together? And I, th- I think overall that's that's going to be more helpful for people. But there are there's a lot more to say to unpack about the covenant with Abraham. Um, you know, and if you're going to, you hostile witness, I don't know why I'm going to let you preach, but you're going to preach here in a few weeks. And... Um, you're going to slow down quite a bit on similar themes. No, it's not 72 verses in Acts 7 anymore. No, it's just six. I get six. I get six verses, man. You I'm not going to like kill the scripture reader with a 20-minute right. recitation of scripture. We're going to... So, th- so, th- so I think that's all I'd say is there... I mean, I get to preach longer? Sure. Yeah. I promise I won't be hostile. That's good. Be hostile. Hostile with the gospel. And almost... Hostile rhymes. gospel. Hostile gospel. Ooh, I'm not sure about that. But but I think I think there will be a few points where we'll slow down. Gospel is not hostile. Well, it is <laughs> bad news before it's good news. Sorry. Yeah. A few points where we'll slow down. Keep going. So that'd be the only thing I'd say is there's a lot more to say about the Abrahamic covenant, but I think that we'll we'll get there over the next month or so at different points. Uh, Ethan was just talking uh, here about how Abraham's or Abram, he's not Abraham yet. Abram's expectation was that Pharaoh would kill him or anyone would kill him for his wife and yet how even when he was found out he wasn't killed and again I think uh, I think again it's a testament to God uh, showing up in his power to keep his promises because my my the reason the way I'd explain that would be that Pharaoh by the plagues sent to him figured out experientially what he'd already promised covenantally to Abram that Man, if I curse this guy, if I go after this guy, I'm in trouble. So I'm just going to send him off and bless him. And this big God who cares about him and protects him is going to hopefully bless me and bring the ruin away from my house. So I think God is just, even in that episode, God's keeping his promises that he already made earlier in the chapter. Okay, hot takes, three of them. Hot questions. Not hostile necessarily. Take off that hat. All right. How common would it have been in the ancient Near East to marry your near relation? It seems to me it was pretty common. Yes, yeah. I think so too. I mean, in the Bible, certainly it was more common than it is today. And when you read texts around that time, other ancient Near East texts, it seems fairly common as well. Okay. My family was talking about that on Sunday too. They were confused. I didn't have great answers for them. It's fine. Uh, there is a place that shows up here in chapter 12 that keeps getting referred to and also is given some other names as kind of a geographical center point mm-hmm. for much of what 
takes place with the patriarchs. Mm-hmm. Bethel, or Bethel, mm-hmm. used to be on staff at a church uh, that was Beth, called Bethel, but everybody called it Bethel. Mm. So we were in southwest Ohio. Confusing. Yeah, I, I stuck to my guns about Bethel and was mocked for it and then eventually went to Bethel. Anyways, <laughs> what what does Bethel mean, Dave? Yeah, it's the, the place of God. Yeah, the house of God, yeah. House of God, Bethel. yeah. Yeah, and it will it will show up again and again. We'll keep we'll keep developing that as it comes, teasing yeah. it out. Yeah. How often in Genesis? This is a pop quiz. How often in Genesis does something like this happen? In Genesis twelve, where the we get a schemer, a guy mm-hmm. in the line of patriarch. He's just not going to do what's right, and yet on the back end of that, he's blessed. How often does that go down? It happens quite a bit. It does. I it can't. Does. Trying to think of how many. I actually don't have an answer. I don't need I mean, at least three, four, five more times between various people. I mean a couple times with Jacob. Yeah, I mean right? I mean Isaac does a similar thing, right, at some point with his bride, doesn't he? Is it Isaac that does it? Uh, yeah, I think well it is. you get uh you get um the whole scene with Jacob and Lamech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where Lamech's like siphoning yeah. off of Jacob and yep. Jacob. All the ref- spotted stuff. Yeah, yeah, all the spotted. The, the, <laughs> There's lots of interesting articles out the, there about the that. The breeding program. Yeah. Um, right. And then, yeah, and then uh, Jacob, you know, usurping Esau with his dad. But then Abraham also, in chapter 20, what we said, been mm-hmm. like, this, these patriarchs, though they are proto saints, are also proto sinners. <laughs> They are they are, they are uh, sinners and saints at the same time. Yeah, so that's interesting. Cool, Dave. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. <laughs>